It's called wokeness, and it's a plague. A plague that places tyranny before freedom, criminality over virtue, and hate over love. It's a plague that threatens what millions have died for. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. We will fight it. We will defeat it. We will eradicate it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the least woke man in America. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Least Woke Man in America, a pod and video cast dedicated to people who love, revere, and respect the United States of America. We don't know about white privilege. There's only one privilege we know about, American privilege, the privilege to be and live in the most well-defended, most free, most prosperous, well-fed country in the world, in the history of the world, with the most opportunity. And we continue to fight against what we call Praghelia, the meatless, gunless, godless, crime-ridden, abortion-filled, censorship-obsessed hellhole the progressive left wants to create in the United States of America. And as we always say, you can see many Praghelias all over the place. Chicago, New York, L.A., San Francisco, where the far left is in control and it's a living hell. To the extent... And some did you know this? Some district attorneys, one in San Francisco that will be covering at some point uh, when we talk about George Soros more, have actually been recalled. They've been recalled, meaning they've removed their district attorneys from office because they were such far left, reckless, sociopathic, criminal loving, citizen hating idiots. They recalled them from their job. So it's really incredible. And what I want to talk about is there seems like there's so much going on right now. If you really follow the news, you have Russia, Ukraine, uh, China. Uh, I, I don't know. This might be the worst foreign policy I have ever seen in my entire life. Have you seen the news as of today where China is telling its citizens to prepare for war footing? What if that, what if that happened under Donald Trump? Can you imagine? Of course, they probably would expect it, because remember, Donald Trump was supposed to lead us to World War III. Donald Trump was supposed to lead us to a nuclear Armageddon. Instead, what happened? There was almost peace in the Middle East. He actually stepped on North Korean soil, yet these peace-loving kumbaya, John Lennon singing, dropping acid and having sex in ponds since the 1960s, hippies, baby boomer types, far-left goofballs were nowhere to be found when Trump was actually uh, reaching those incredible, substantive, real milestones. They were nowhere to be found. They were nowhere close to Middle East peace. No one ever thought they'd see it. They were nowhere to be found. Couldn't such small little petty people. They couldn't give anybody a compliment. They were no, it shows how fake they really are. And so China, Russia, Ukraine, not just the war itself, but how things are lining up. If anybody with a brain in their head isn't just running around saying, oh, my God, it's only a matter of time before Ukraine wins. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to see Ukraine lose. But there's so much going on to what meets the surface. Then, um, you know, people throwing 
Ukrainian flags in their front yard is great and everything. But what's really going on, you can see a chessboard emerging, a very scary chessboard we probably haven't seen since World War II. On one hand, now you have Iran helping Russia, China possibly helping Russia. So you have China, uh, North Korea helping Russia. You have Ch Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and a somewhat alliance forming. You know, as much as I have reservations against the Iraqi war, uh, the second Iraq war with Bush, Cheney, and all type of stuff. Obviously, a lot of us criticize it afterwards, etc. But remember Bush's one State of the Union address. He talked about the axis of evil, Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. The far left, the New York Times, the normal soft, uh, America's evil, defense, the army, the military is awful, the anti-war crowd. I am anti-war. As I said previously, these anti-war people. Just can't send enough arms now to Ukraine. And those arms we are sending today were paid for and passed and built by laws and uh, congressional acts, mainly probably 97% supported by Republicans, 97% voted against and made fun of and called warmongers by Democrats. You know, the Demo Republicans would support these bills. And if you're being, while being made fun of by Democratic politicians and Democratic media, those bills passed over the last 20 or 30 years because these highly sophisticated weapons we're sending over there weren't built yesterday. They can't get enough of them right now. The old anti, I am anti-war. That's like being, I'm a Marxist. I am an anti-capitalist. Can you smell the raw self-righteousness exuding from me? I just, it makes me feel like my IQ score just jumped 20 points by saying I am anti-war. I am a Marxist. Like, <laughs> I have met people dumber than a box of rocks. I am a Marxist, you little Democrat Republican dummies. I am the Marxist. Make way when I enter the room. So anyway, we have all this going on. You feel as if oh, the debt, inflation, blah, blah, blah. Of course, the inflation puts the more middle class, even upper middle class, and the more survival, more, more stress. And in that, I feel like that gives the far left, and especially the environmental and gender lunatics, even more wiggle room to work behind the scenes because no one's paying attention. And it scares me, to be honest with you, because it's like an ocean-going vessel. You have to start turning uh, the wheel or whatever they call it. I'm not a big boat guy. Uh, you know, half a mile, a mile before you start to actually make the turn somewhere because the, the ship is so big. My distance could be up, but you get the picture, right? You don't start an ocean the cargo ship, those big ones you see on TV. If you need to chain turn in a hundred yards, you don't start now. You start a you know five, you know start seven eight hundred yards away. So where I'm going with this is uh, really a piece from the Wall Street Journal that got my really caught my attention. SOS for the U.S. Electric Grid. Straight from the Wall Street Journal. The actual editorial board wrote this. I'm going to read some about four paragraphs. If you bear with me, I'll try to be quick and concise, but there's important information here. Very important. So the, the, a company called PJM Interconnection, one of the nation's largest grid operators, put this together. They forecast the power supply and demand through 2030 across the 13 eastern states, liberals, are in its territory covering 65 million people. Its top line conclusion, fossil fuel power plants are retiring much faster than renewable sources are getting developed, which could lead to imbalances. That's a delicate way of saying you can expect shortages and blackouts. I'm still quoting the article. What is that saying? What all of us have been saying all along, we are 100% for clean energy at some point down the road. 
We're not psychopaths. I love hiking. I love being outside. I like it more than uh, being inside. I like it more than being on social media. I'm old school. I grew up in the 80s. I tell people I like real life more than I like technology and social media. So we love the environment. But you cannot shock the system. You cannot shock a system billions of people rely on to uh, warm their homes, to power electronics, to use their vehicles, to run factories, to which will provide food and other critical resources. This is the green utopia on steroids. It's finally, we're getting closer to it. We're getting closer to it. And it's tough because among, like I always say, among the American public, right off the bat, uh, 40% are either far left nuts or the Manson caucus, I call them. The 35% of the population will vote for Charles Manson as long as they can get free stuff and have abortions. So how many of us are left to really fight this stuff? And they know it. So we're getting, but the problem is you can only give reality the middle finger for so long, as I always say. And these are seismic decisions. They're going to affect our economy. And when they do screw it up, which they're going to do, we are not going to be changed at all, all, over, all at once. Like I always say, these are the same people. DDT was a breakthrough, asbestos breakthrough. The COVID vaccine that's causing now side effects and really didn't get rid of COVID, a breakthrough. And God forbid if you run your mon- mouth. The woke group used to, likes to use the word intersectionality. Remember intersectionality with their race nonsense. Uh, the only intersectionality I worry about were science and the government come together. If you got a lot of people like making a lot of money, and if you're the one guy to question it, you're about to have a bad day. That's the only thing I know about intersectionality. Anyway, so here's another quote. That's why it's especially worrisome that PJM is predicting a large decline in its power reserves as coal and natural gas plants retire. The report forecasts at 40,000 megawatts of power generation, enough to light up 30 million households, are at risk of retiring by 2030. That is not far away if you think about it. When you talk about the money involved here, represent 21% of current uh, their current energy capacity. Um, at the same time, utility company ESG, Environmental Social Governance. That is backdoor for we are the smart ones, you're the idiots. We'll let you pretend to live in a free market, but we're going to sit behind the strings and chaperone everyone. We are the cha- we are the economic chaperones. We're not going to do socialism or communism, but we're going to have economic chaperones. Yeah. Are, are they, aren't the kids cute? Yeah, we'll just keep an eye on them. So anyway, and even though we're the ones that are going to crash everything and lead to God, God only knows what type of bedlam. Yeah. Um, so um, Illinois, New Jersey, climate policies could reduce at regeneration by 8,900 megawatts. Uh, do these sta- plants? States plan to rely on their uh, neighbors for power. I mean, I, it, wouldn't it be great if the blue states just all went black? It all went black. You know, that was one of the biggest things about Biden winning is that the blue states got away with murder economically during COVID. And the minute he got in, he bailed them all out. Do you realize some of the biggest, quote unquote, smartest, most evolved, progressed blue states? If Joe Biden hadn't won, if the Hunter Biden laptop laptop story had not been suppressed and there was not voting frog in Philadelphia, Joe Biden would have lost these really smart blue states where mass exodus is taking place would be in bankruptcy court. So anyway, many states have established renewable goals and the Inflation Reduction Act lavishes enormous subsidies on wind, solar, and batteries. What the freak did that have to do with inflation? See, there you go. There you go. 
packaged up inflation reduction. Next thing you know, you're puking money at all these, uh, every knee jerk. God only knows how much money is made by politicians, consultants, kickbacks going to these renewable energy companies through the solar reduction act. Do you see what a cesspool this turns into? Um, the report says the historical rate of completion for renewable projects has approximately been 5% because of permit challenges, <laughs> the chaperones, these is, we're going to keep an eye on, we keep track of the permits, we keep tra- we, we got to keep an eye on everybody, we got to keep an eye because you don't know what you're doing, God only knows what they're up to, all that masculine energy, capitalist, we have to step in or this could be bad, they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, they've only an 18 trillion, they've only created an 18 trillion dollar economy since 1776, but who's keeping track? Um, uh, An optimistic case, the report estimates 21,000 megawatts of wind solar battery storage capacity added by the grid by 2030. So the whole thing is a joke. It's a joke. It's giving whether it's a person, a state, country, a company, sports team, you cannot give reality a middle finger forever and it will come back to bite you i call this the second leap forward you've probably heard me talk about this before on the podcast i did about the what was it the global economic summit davos switching second leap forward the great leap forward uh late 50s chairman mao china the communists they were chaperones too got in a room were the smart ones even though probably never no 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 i've ever put a seed in the ground or picked any vegetable in their life, got in room and they were going to plan everything. It's just like Bernie Sanders, Nancy Pelosi. They just live in a, uh, the Hollywood crowd, just a perpetual state of for, uh, frustration, which, which is always normal among the far left to be, be stuck with a bunch of baboons in such an awful country. They were going to plan it. The Mao and the China communist Chinese were going to plan the great leap forward. It led to the second greatest famine in human history. 15 million peasants died from them getting in and planning a utopian vision rather than letting, rather than protecting people's rights, allowing people to make their own decisions, which is always, even though it gets ugly sometimes, people do make bad ones, and the greater good, it's collective conservatism. Collectively, the group does better when the individual is allowed to decide. Okay, as I said in the first segment, the climate clowns are marching uh, towards their green utopian vision. It's going to have consequences for all of us, whether we like it or not. They're getting away with it. And one of their generals is John Kerry. We all know John Kerry. I said from day one, when Biden was sworn in, I don't think a lot of people cared. I think a lot of people on the right were still upset at how the election went. So they kind of rolled their eyes. But I said, John Kerry... It's the guy to keep your eye on. His technical uh, title is Special Presidential Envoy for uh, Climate Change. But really, they call him the Climate Czar. So John Kerry uh, has created a bigger carbon footprint in his life that probably, the literally, I live in a one-square-mile village. If you added up everybody, it's a working-class, middle-class village. John Kerry has created more CO2 and a lot of them are rednecks with big pickup trucks, which is, of course, an unforgivable sin among the radical Prague hell you left. But John Kerry has made a bigger carbon footprint with his just endless flying than all of us. Well, you know, the thing to keep in mind about John Kerry 
And I, I, you know, I love not, a lot of you might not care, but you got to understand where these people come from. They're the framework which they see reality. John Kerry's father was a lawyer and diplomat, which would kind of make someone, I guess, upper middle class, maybe a little aloof. But his mother's side, did you know this goes back to like the Mayflower? Incredibly wealthy, very wealthy. Like there's some Forbes connection. Um, he had a great aunt that paid for him to go to the best boarding schools. The guy can't relate to you and I, regardless of what stuff he says out of his mouth, what if he meets someone where the husband works as a forklift driver and the wife is a nursing assistant or a RN, what does he really think about them? Can he really relate to them? I mean, we kind of found in a way, remember the famous statement in the 2004 presidential election where it was his job to save the country from Bush and Cheney. He said something about, Either work hard in school, work hard in school and, you know, study hard and you'll get somewhere. Otherwise, you will end up in Iraq. It was a disaster. Even a lot of Democratic politicians told him to apologize. But we saw his true colors. That was John Kerry um, here. And, and the amazing part is it was his job that, to save us from Bush and Cheney. And he is one of the architects being a climate clown, along with Bloomberg and Gates and Al Gore, of course, the Pope of the climate, the Gaia worshiping climate movement to save the planet, to save us, which, as I said, the, mentioned the first segment, they are on the verge of doing massive damage, which will not be fixed overnight. That's what I keep repeating, because when you're talking about plants and infrastructure, I okay, say they I think it's Americans because you know COVID hits and we just pull six trillion dollars out of nowhere so so everybody could sit home and there really wasn't huge okay, the supply chain got disrupted, there were, were shortages, but compared to what people have gone through throughout history, was it that bad? If you say yes, you're a very shallow, ungrateful human being. I'm sorry. It wasn't that bad compared to what other people have endured throughout the history of the human race. So in America, especially, there's this connotation everything can be fixed. Oh, we made a mistake. Oh, we'll just fix it. We talk about plants and infrastructure and pipelines and energy supply and electric grids. If you screw this up, which they're in the process of doing, you do not fix that overnight. And I got news for you. As much as the progressive left hate the top 1%, there's many of those left-wing point percenters the Barbara Streisands, the Bette Midlers, the Rob Reiners, the ones that never shut up about politics, they're going to suffer a lot less than you and I. When you have that much money, they will find a way to be okay. All the people they supposedly care about are going to be screwed. So John Kerry goes to the Our Ocean Conference. This left-wing crap, it's always packaged in such beautiful bows, isn't it? It's the eighth annual our Ocean Conference in Panama, and I have the transcript of his beautiful speech. You know, he you know he married rich, right? He's married to Teresa Hines, um, ketchup. She was a ketchup. So here he grew up rich, rich boarding schools, marries rich. How the freak can this guy relate to anyone? And I mean, you can say that about Trump and Trump's kids. They actually worked private sector, built buildings. That's what people understand. That's how they made their money. He didn't make his money. Trump didn't make his money by being the big guy. And 
uh, Donald Trump Jr. They can call him cokehead. They can call him whatever thing they want. He was up every day doing real substantive work. He wasn't running to Ukraine and getting kickbacks. He wasn't running to China and getting hedge fund contributions, even though he knows nothing about finance. He wasn't, uh, Donald Trump Jr. doesn't make art that sells for, I don't know, a thousand times more than it's worth. So it's all farce. So we know how can John Kerry with that background relate to anything in day-to-day life? Grew up rich, married rich women. It, it's nuts. And so, I, but in a way, in the world he lives in, this stuff all makes sense. And with the ego he has, being the savior, being the Messiah for Gaia, all makes perfect sense. So, um, and here we go. The crisis, uh, part of it is, uh, emissions from fossil fuels burning in order to produce electricity, power our vehicles, and light our buildings is how we chose to provide energy community. And the truth is, as science tells us, time is running out. It's always running it out. It's been running out for 50 years, according to them. Um, if you scroll through my podcast, I did the one in about the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. I went through a whole list. I think I got it from Cal Thomas, one of his articles. Not just Kerry and Gore. They're just the modern sus, but the, the whole lit. They're just the usual suspects you always hear about. But go, there's a guy named Paul Ehrlich, who's just, you, you could probably diagnose him as at least a sociopath, maybe a psychopath. He talks about you chemically sterilizing people because of overpopulation. They're all part of the same ilk. Now, when Gore was, the Gore and Kerry both gave, Gave speeches at Davos. Uh, Gore looked like he was literally demon possessed. There's like one of Gaia's or Lucifer's demons possessed him. And he looked like a but you got to remember, we don't know how much is an act and how much is real because that is the Super Bowl for connections and money raising for the zealots of this movement over in Davos, Switzerland. So it's like Christianity when you turn on the uh, charismatic channels with Benny Hinn and uh, Creflo Dollar and who's that? Ken Copeland. Um, and they got that just uh, prosperity stuff and they just that rabid look in their eyes. Of course, they're not real Christians. They're uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. And so you, you you don't know how much is real. How much, you, you just assume it's all fake. Same with these guys. This That is the Super Bowl for money raising. So now, um, so Gore looked like a complete lunatic talking about the end of the world like he has for decades. Kerry, on the other hand, he showed his hand. He literally, if you can go on YouTube, Gary Davos speech, something like anything. You know, it comes down to money, money, money. He literally kept saying money over and over and over again. So he did not hide it at all. So, um, and I mean that chin, you know, Carrie looks like he just looks like a chin with a body attached to it. <laughs> He's just a human chin, and that chin was going. It's lucky somebody didn't get hurt. <laughs> I think they have good, luckily they have good hospitals in Switzerland. That chin could have killed somebody. So, um, and here's Kerry in part of his speech. Since we began our ocean conference in 2014, they have now catalyzed more than 1,800 commitments valued at more than $100 billion. $100 billion. So they got to be doing something good somewhere with $100 billion. You, you would hope but just like the financial aid going to Ukraine, I'm going to take a wild guess that some people are going to create some very healthy net worths when this is all said and done. So uh, we must, I'll, here's a carry again from a speech. We also must adapt to the significant impacts that are upon us and we must marshal enough finance to get the job done. So he's begging for money. 
it, it's the normal combination. He's got that, that you know, the, the temperatures about to rise to a degree and a half Celsius. They've been rising for 40 years, we've been told. Um, it, it just never ends, whether it's the ice shelves. How I'm 44, I, I have listened to this stuff since I was in middle school, like a lot of you, but luckily, and this is why you are so important, the people that listen to this type of stuff. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people listen to the right-wing media now, right-wing podcasts, Fox News, the upstart TV networks. You are so important. You don't realize it. You're like the seed. Like there's it, it, 320 million people sounds like a lot, which it is in America. But like I said before, um, you have a big chunk of the Democratic Party that are zealots with this stuff. Or if they're not, they don't care because they're so caught up in their trans stuff or anti-gun. So they'll vote for Democrats regardless of the way the ship is about, you know, they're pushing the ship, uh, the train right off the tracks, excuse me. Then you have the Manson caucus, 35%, complete non-producers, as we call them here. They don't do anything. You know, trust, like we say, welfare recipients and trust fund babies. You know, a great example of non-producers, I was thinking about it, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. America, uh, America adopted two great non-producers with those two i saw recently harry such a shame about harry i think she's a narcissist to the core you know harry was well respected by his uh military peers in uh when he was in afghanistan i think it was he wasn't just considered some spoiled brat they really liked the kid do you know that in the military um so harry was known as like a masculine um like courageous confident leader type of guy and she sucked him in and now he's talking about how he does psychedelics all the time. If that isn't your classic rich non-producer, drugs, God only knows how many family drama, God only knows how many trips to therapy they do. Um, she, she probably, between the South Park thing, the way, there's another show they made fun of her recently, I think Saturday Night Live or something. She doesn't even, probably doesn't even know, you know if she's coming or going at this point. Uh, but then, welcome to America, sister. Like I said, well, free speech. She came to America. She's a monarch, part, part of a monarchy. She came to the country that kicked, that gave the uh, monarchy uh, a bunch of crazy farmers and um, patriots 250 years ago, gave the monarchy she's afraid of a kick right in the rear end. So I think she might have made the wrong decision. So you got two chronic non-producers there. And so the yeah, the, in the Democratic Party, 35% are non-producers, the Manson Caucus, as long as they can get free stuff. Um, and have abortions, they're going to vote forever. Um, and then you have people in the middle who are oblivious. They can be persuaded either way, especially when it comes to climate, when it comes to guns, when it comes to, I don't know, I can see it both ways, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there's people like yourself who listen to stuff, know it's nuts, get a gut feeling, back it up with information, uh, know there's repercussions. I always say, I have had customers, clients, you name it, could right-wing people read way more are big, bigger students of history. The left might have a uh, stranglehold, a monopoly on the academic world when it comes to history. Right-wing people, I'm friends with them, family, customers, you name it, read a lot of history. When you read history, I always say history haunts you because you know how bad people can screw it up. So you're a little more sensitive than your normal uh, dope-smoking, America-hating, conspiracy idiot. You know things, the train can go off the tracks, and people can get hurt. And that's why 
We're done. I'm all raw. By the way, by dope smoking, I mean the completely baked types, not people who smoke pot here and there recreationally, which I don't do, but I understand why people do it. You get my point. The ones who are fried, okay? The ones who are fried. The rich kids, <laughs> I won't get into it. But anyway, so that's where we are. And uh, the first segment I talked about the fruits of the John Kerry types, which in the second segment I'm talking about here, the speech, you can see it in the first segment, is going to have repercussions on all of us. And that's why the last episode was all about Matt Walsh and the substantive, real legislation he created that was created in Tennessee to protect kids. Laws were passed. Change took place. And because we see the horror up, up, up front with the gender stuff, because it's happening right now. Gender affirmation surgery of four-year-olds and teachers getting in their face. I don't think we see the climate stuff in our face up front enough yet. But now is the time to get active. Real substantive change, legislation, laws in our direction. Because all the laws right now are in their direction. All of them. And there's going to be consequences to this. It was just too comfortable of a society. Comfortable people don't pay attention to stuff. It's just human nature. So that's where we are. I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. Uh, lots of short videos are going to be coming. YouTube and Rumble. Stuff that so parts of it will be parts of the podcast. A lot of it will be new. Also, don't forget the Facebook page, uh, Twitter. I tweet two or three times a day if you're interested in looking at that. Also on Instagram. And you can always listen to this on the website, leastwoke.com or on any major podcast app. Uh, feel free to send messages or reply to the tweets. If you're on YouTube, the comments will be on or on Rumble. We love feedback. It's like so if you're watching the video cast, um, love feedback. I know people say like and subscribe. I like feedback. You can even personally attack me. You know, I've never defriended someone on Facebook for a personal attack. I feel like it's such a little sissy left-wing thing to do. Um, so you could personally attack me. I will not defriend you. Um, you can eat, but if, if the intelligent stuff is what I read. So if you do the normal left wing, you're just an angry white male who's losing control of power and you can't take it. I, I get it. I get it. I, I am. Yes, I am an angry white male who doesn't like a $31 trillion debt, a fake green utopia being shoved down my throat, four-year-olds having permanent genital change, change. Yes, I guess that makes me a angry white male. I don't know what else the freak to tell you. So until next time, God bless you, everyone. Thanks for listening. I am the least woke man in America. <laughs>